Welcome to you, our lovely listeners, to the HSO Dynamics Matters podcast, your regular sonic dive into the world of Microsoft technology-related matters and much more besides. I'm Michael Lonnan, and today I'm joined by Microsoft's retail technology expert, Colin McArdle. And in this edition, we talk multi-channel retailing, why some are doing it well, but why it remains a challenge for so many others. We also discovered that Colin owned a pair of high-tech boots, which I did too. I guess that makes me older than I'd like to think, although you can still get them. Anyway, I digress. Grab a brew, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Tea or coffee? Coffee. How do you have it? Small dash of milk and two sugars. Oh, very refined, very refined. Depends on the size of cup, might I add. (laughs) How big is the one in the morning? Is it the larger than the one in the afternoon? It's the biggest. In fact, I only have two cups of coffee. I have one in the morning, one after half past nine, and then that's it. Very restrained. Mm. Sand or snow? Snow. Okay. High tech or low tech? I used to have high tech boots back in the day. Do you remember them? I do. You're making me sort of admit to my age now. Okay. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Um, Shop in store or buy online? Shop in store for clothes. Shop online for everything else. Do you like the physical experience? I quite like going into a shop and having I very much like it. I was in a shop on Sunday, my favourite clothes shop of all time, um, for the first time in like 15 months. And I didn't buy anything online from them, even though I really tried hard to. Um, yeah. They do a bunch of different brands and it's very difficult to know what fits. You have to try about 10 things on to get the right fit. But anyway, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I do hate that actually. I do order. I've ordered some stuff in, and you find it doesn't quite fit as you hoped it would. It's not quite the same as going in the shop and trying on, is it? Anyway, we digress. Um, but when it comes to that kind of shopping experience, and for retailers, what's you know they're trying to create this multi-channel experience or this omni-channel experience where everything's kind of connected, and it feels like the same experience for a customer. But what's the challenge in 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 delivering that or creating that experience for retailers? Do you think? Um, because everything keeps changing, I think. Um, I mean, all all retailers, whether they're you know essential or non-essential, they have been trying to do this anyway for years. Yeah. But I think what's happened, and we don't want to over overplay, you know, what's happened in the last year. But the freight train that is COVID nineteen has you know smashed through through the middle of I suppose any business plans or any future plans that organisations have had about how to actually approach this multi-channel. Um, and as it changed even consumer behaviours as well, which has made it really, really difficult because, you know, it's that small point that I used a minute ago. Um, and I don't want to talk fashion and apparel too much, but that's mm. that's probably the closest my own experience. I really want to do the online thing, um, but it's not, I'm not getting the same, I don't get the same experience. And I, I, know, I know retailers of all kinds struggle with that. It's when they, they're used to one channel or maybe two channels, but when they start to try and go into different channels, it's that trying to maintain that consistency of, of the experience yeah. that they're trying to give to the customers and that what's made them successful in the past. Um, uh, it's really that. Do you, you think know. it's... Do you think it's a, um, I don't know, a learning thing? Do you think, like, like you just said there, where, where a retailer has has grown up on one particular platform doing it well, and they're like, oh, crikey, we've got to catch up and do this, and they're not quite getting it right. Is it kind of a bit like that? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, potentially, and I keep, I think 
Disruption in, in all industries has been happening for years. I mean, mm. just look at technology. I mean, Uber has completely rewritten an entire industry. So has Airbnb, so has Facebook. They've all done it. But I think I think the biggest disruptor of the retail has been COVID-19. Um, and the ability for organizations to adapt and pivot really, 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 really quickly. Um, if you look at the brands the, like the Boohoo's for it is a good example, or even uh, ASOS, <clears throat> these these guys popped up 15, whatever, 20 years ago. And they were just another company that did something different to what most of the population was fairly used to, i.e. the high street. But then um, they were just using a different channel. Yeah. and. Other organizations didn't think they had to adapt, but actually, if you look then at the last year, they they have actually grown. I mean, the, their business model has has really stood the test of time, yeah. and it it really took the disruption of last year. Even though they are non-essential retail, they actually grew their businesses because um, they were able to sort of continue on untouched because they nailed it. You know, they pretty much nailed that model. Um, but what they don't have is then the ability to revert back to to the to you know to the bricks and mortar where a lot of the online stores were headed anyway. With companies of a retail sort of focus, do you think the changes that COVID, the tipping point of COVID, do you think the changes that these companies are putting in place are permanent? Do you think it's do you think COVID has been a tipping point to to permanent change? To, to per, a permanent kind of change, yeah. definitely. I don't think that. I don't think that the online model only is the way forward. Definitely not. I mean, what, what, what? That it's only we're only talking twelve months in time here, yeah. or lifetime of industry, like forever. But they, indeed, but that that business model took took that disruption straight on the straight on the chin, and it didn't actually impact it. And some of the more mature brands, the more the high street brands, you know, the Debenhams and the even the Arcadias, the, these were the organisations that came in and scooped those brands out. But what has also happened, and I think it's knowing what we know now, I mean, things have changed. I mean, people, they, the last 12 months has has really created new, new trends, if you like. Mm -hmm. um, like Number one, like disruption definitely has accelerated. Um, and even people will argue that whatever retailers decide to do in the next 12 or even three to six months, could actually impact how they turn out in five five years. Um, business models have to change for sure, um, but and new partnerships are having to be established as well because of the impact of supply chain and you know again back to the to the the, the multi um, the multi channel that you referenced, and then customer expectations. Um, and, and this is very very sort of myopic view, but yeah. from my own personal opinion, I, I'm super comfortable about um, online. You know, I'll do online a lot now, but I, I don't want to do clothes online. Yeah, certain um, things you'll, you'll do and certain things you yeah, don't want to do. Yeah. yeah. And even, you know, I, I'll sort of finish this out. And another thing that was picked up as well, and, and that has definitely highlighted it in the last year, is the cost of actually doing business. Because you know, you know, as we are documented in public records, I mean, the the margins and profits in retail have plummeted, um, and there is an increasing pressure of margins anyway. Yeah. But what's happened now as well is that in, in the last twelve months, and anybody thinking about business models, it's, there's all these new costs popping up 
right along their value chain and um, costs that they may or may not not have been expecting but anything that they do do moving forward needs to embrace that and needs to actually put a proper plan in place so they can start to remove cost out of them doing their business where does technology fit in all this then so you know from a multi-channel perspective from a um supporting the business and making sure you know like you said then in what they're doing now in the next three to six months will actually impact them in five years time where does technology fit in this and how valuable is it to get that kind of foundation of technology right uh, in order to then sort of protect yourself protect yourself is probably the right word but to, uh, yeah. to grow as a business yeah yeah um and obviously we're guilty collectively guilty because we're you know we are technology organizations but at the heart of everything that we do we help customers solve problems yeah and you're right technology does will help and and absolutely will be the platform upon which these organizations will move forward on um but one thing one thing that we're always very conscious and certainly at microsoft is not jumping in to solve the problem before we actually understand the problem As different retailers are at different stages of, of their collective lives and across, you know, we, we work with a lot of essential, non-essential type organizations, but sort of at a very high level, the way we look at it from a business applications perspective is, I, I, I don't know how long I've got, but certainly <laughs> organizations must have, and, you know, we, we will preach this a lot um, and we're convinced by it. And I mean, it's, it's it stacks up in every situation where customers must have a strategy or at least a path towards connecting, you know, the customer interactions with the product interactions, with the employee interactions and the operations. And and at the heart of that is data. So capturing all of the telemetry that's occurring between the customer, between you know, between the product, the the of the operations and so on, all with the view to driving a much deeper relationship with the customer all with the view of empowering the employee to be more productive, let's say, or more relevant at the right time to the customer and ensuring you're getting the right product out and ensuring that you're doing it efficiently. But this doesn't happen without data. And at the heart of everything that we're seeing is is data. And and certainly moving forward, that what we see is data needs to be a data-driven approach with with the connected process that I heard I heard a well-established, um, a well-established UK retailer talk about the C- CEO. Um, we, we were on an internal call, and he mentioned he, he put it so well. He said, "You know what? We are what is how, how do you put his? We are data. Uh, we are data billionaires. Yeah. Yeah. Got all this data, but we're information bankrupt." It simply cannot make sense of it. I thought that was really, really prudent because organizations will have this, but in disparate parts. But it's taking it together, connecting it, making sense of it across those four facets that I just mentioned. And that's, it's effectively the start of any organization's journey in, into any kind of transformation or digital transformation. Um, but another, I mean, certainly from a Microsoft perspective, what we're doing and certainly how we're architecting our, our solutions, and I don't want to get into too much detail on it, but from a retail perspective, uh, we want to, at a very high level, ensure that organizations, whatever strategies they put in place, whatever investments they're making in technologies, ensuring that that they can connect the, the digital slash online experience 
which is which is a journey. And with the, the human assisted, you know, the human, it used to be the, the de facto go to the shop. But actually now there's, there's, there's a term for it, the human assisted experience. So, but it's getting those two and getting those completely immersed. And in other words, omni-channel. And I know it's omni-channel has been around since, since God was a boy, but now it's become more relevant than ever. Yeah. I mean, even I'm, I'm buying into it now. Like, I mean, come on guys, it, this has to be right. Yeah. And you have to get it right. That sort of level of personalization, not the creepy type that I've always <laughs> but the type that you understand me, Mr. Retailer, you know, you know what I'm after. What's revealing from this chat with Colm is that delivering a good multi-channel experience remains essential because people's preferences and how they engage is often unpredictable. It could be one way or another. And what I mean by this is that the pandemic has forced retailers to work on delivering a better digital experience. And yet, as the shops have opened, many people are enjoying the experience of touching and trying products in a store environment. Oddly, this pandemic has been perhaps the biggest, most painful social retail study on the planet. But the task remains to ensure both the online and in-store experience is positive and that retailers are catering for each customer's own unique shopping preference, to live in what Colin calls the non-creepy type of omni-channel. I also learned that buying in a shop is also known as human-assisted experience, which is a new phrase to me. And on that note, take care of yourselves.